Everybody comfortable? Yeah. Get your ass up when I'm talking. Hey, take it easy. It's showtime. It's showtime. Yeah. Feel the magic and soul of the YBs. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Take two. All right, it's time for a Sunday edition of That Davis Show. We're giving you our Bears preview since the Bears are taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field tomorrow or today. You're probably going to get this Monday morning. So today, tonight, I should say, actually. So the Bears take on Pittsburgh tonight. Um, I had the Bears beating the 49ers, and I had the, I have the Bears beating the Steelers, and I'm sticking to it, all right? Oh. Winning. Um, also, we're going to jump into some discussion about the Chicago Bulls, who got their, their first – consecutive losses out the way. They're on a losing streak is what I'm trying to say uh, to the Philadelphia 76ers. Joel Embiid. Helped uh, Doc Rivers get to 1,000 from 998 real quick. The funny thing is I watched that. I watched the second half of that game and later like about 20 or 30 minutes, I saw in the ticker where it said Doc got to his, uh, what was it? His thousands for his his, thousands for career regular season win. And I was like, oh, it would be against his Chicago team. It's his mm-hmm. hometown team, right? Um, they made it even worse that they lost. Uh, the Bulls did have a chance to come back. But the real point is they've been playing a lot of comeback kid, and that's going to come back to burn you. Um, so I definitely want to talk a little bit about some of the things watching those Bulls losses to the, to the 76ers this last week. Um, and then, of course, we got to talk a little bit about what's going on with the Bears. Now, real quick, um, I saw a, a, a friend of the show, Ragul had on, was it Benjamin Albright? Mm-hmm. And uh, Benjamin Albright, who's been on the show in the past uh, out of Denver, was talking about the fact that he's heard that the Bears are already looking at replacements for Matt Nagy. Um, so we'll definitely talk a little bit about that. And uh, you know what? Let's kick this off and let's go off top of one of the biggest, the biggest topics that happened this past week. And that's, of course, Aaron Rodgers catching COVID after really tricking everyone into believing that he was vaccinated or quote unquote immunized uh, as he put it back in August uh, with his tricky, 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 tricky. Right. Right. Um, I am immunized. Right. Um, With with the quack, with the quack medicine that he was coming (laughs) to the NFL with. Um, Listen, if you look at our text thread, a, a lot of the guys are like chopping at the bit and fed up with Aaron Rodgers. To me, to be honest, it's kind of it's kind of par for the course of who Aaron Rodgers is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not. It's, I, I really don't feel any certain kind of way. I feel like he wasn't being a, a grown up with saying that was telling the truth. Either say you don't want to talk about it, or it's your personal information. But there's no reason to lie, and particularly about something that's important as COVID. Now, I, as I said on here, you you know anybody knows I'm vaccinated. You're vaccinated. Um, so you know what line I follow on, but I still believe that if there was a situation where I wouldn't want to be forced into doing something, that's the same way I feel about these people. And I have there is some type of hesitancy I've had with thinking about the history of medicine in this country, let alone against people of color like myself. So I'm just giving you full disclosure why I'm not the biggest like you damn idiot, you, you stupid mother. You know, like why you don't see me out there because I, I think about if I was in that situation, I was worried about someone putting something in my body that I didn't necessarily trust um, people kind of pressuring me into doing it. Um, so, again, I'm immunized, but I'm, that's one of the reasons I'm not the, the person that's to get off my lawn. Um, uh, get the damn vaccination. You know what? 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 Vax gang? You 
B.I. anyway. So Aaron Rodgers, we come to find out, is out for 10 days. Um, and he lied. And the NFL kind of gave us some details. They're going to look into uh, were there any violations by the Packers as far as allowing him to do things that players who are not vaccinated, since he's considered unvaccinated. Uh, Which they did. Place. Yeah. And of course, just you, you see it in the media room when the fact that he's not masked up and he's in Ever. there for yeah, and when they're with reporters that have to be vaccinated. Um, so, I, listen, it's it's BS. Um, I would come down on the Packers, but the Packers are in a catch-22 with the quarterback that has their their feet over the fire as far as I don't want to be here anymore. He got his – he basically came to an agreement. I got them to come to the agreement that this will be his last season or, or they'll come to some agreement at the end of the season as far as trading him or will he remain. I'm sure if he remains, there'll be some type of contract extension. So he's getting everything that he wants. So what are they really going to be able to tell him as far as you're not following vaccination protocols, especially when you're fearing that anything that you do will be held against you as far as him wanting to remain with the Green Bay Packers or forcing a trade uh, for, to, to get out of Green Bay. Um, listen, I mean, the Packers definitely have some culpability on this, but this primarily falls in the lap of Aaron Rodgers. You know, and also, let's, I'll tell you somebody else who this falls in the lap of, falls in the lap of the league because the league knew he wasn't vaccinated in yeah, August. And they he, he him being one of the highest profile players in the NFL, they see every weekend that he's at those press conferences without a mask on his face. They haven't said anything and they haven't find him. So that's outside of Aaron Rodgers, a lot of culpability falls on the league for not doing anything because they clearly see and they know. Now, I'm sure the league is like, OK, that's the Packers, the Packers backyard. You know what the Packers are going are going through. And on top of that, you know, the people outside of that are working in that building, not just the media that Aaron Rodgers is putting in danger. Listen, you to a certain degree. And I, I, I'm, 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 I'm not saying this is serious. I'm not saying this is for real. But you could say that that team's latest covid outbreak happened because of Aaron Rodgers. Now, it probably didn't. But you could say that him know. not being immunized, he could have brought COVID into that building and all those Packer players and coaches that had to sit the last couple of weeks to look at the QB room, look at the wide receiver room the week before could be due to him. Now, again, um, it's not. But just I'm just pointing out some of the things that could take place because you're giving someone this friend's benefits as far as not following the rules when it comes to something that's as important as COVID. So to me, listen, Aaron Rodgers, that's some whole shit. You know, um, I wasn't the person out here. I wasn't Stephen A. Smith on Kyrie. So it, it, I mean, it's not that I so I don't have to be Stephen A. Smith on Aaron Rodgers. But at least at least Kyrie stood up and said pretty much I'm not coming in. I mean, Ky Kyrie basically followed the rules, even though following the rule by Kyrie is like, let me get let me see if I can get these checks on the side. But um, <laughs> still, he stood up and he took the bullets where Aaron Rodgers dodged the bullets and has been dodging the bullets and making it seems like making it seem like he's on the side of vaccination when actually it seems like he's on the side of what some people would consider quack medicine. Yeah, that's a great point about the league. I didn't even think about that. Like they knew about this from day one. How does that not come through at all? Like, hey, I mean, it's an easy one. Both sides, NFL, PA, NFL, you got to be about the COVID and not spreading it because it's going to stop game checks. It's going to stop everything. They got to make sure that they're taking care of everybody and not just allow Green Bay to just police themselves when they clearly know something's wrong up there. Right. Or that protocol is not being followed that they laid down. Right. It's not like Green Bay put the protocol for COVID down. Mm -hmm. It was the NFL. So that's a great point. And I mean, you just, again, took the words out of my mouth with the Kyrie stuff. Like, that's my biggest problem with the Aaron Rodgers stuff. 
if you want to pretend that you've got uh, this new age medicine or whatever that's going to work, he says he's got a protein allergy to what's in the Pfizer and the Moderna one, and he doesn't want to take the Johnson and Johnson one. So maybe what did he say? Why he didn't want to take the job? I haven't seen his last his interview. Why did he say why he didn't want to take the job? Well, it's the same way we we tell D why we don't want to take that. He said he didn't want to take the. the, the, Everyone doesn't want to. No, no one wants to take Johnson and Johnson. The skin so soft formula vaccination. What is it? The sea salt and the syringe. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame. I don't even blame Aaron Rodgers for not wanting. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't sound technical enough. You're like you want this Pfizer, this Moderna, but we also got this J and J in the back. Yeah, <laughs> two doses for me, please. Uh... <laughs> can, listen, can I get my? Can I get my second one on the side? Yeah. <laughs> Can I just get it twice at least? Feel better. Exactly. Double the sea salt. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> uh, and maybe he's allergic to this protein. I don't know. I, I'm not a scientist or a doctor, so I, I don't know how much. How do you know you're aller- like? How, wait now, but the mDNA. How does he know he's allergic to this? This? this I, I think this. it's one of the proteins that's listed as the ingredient okay. within okay. the vaccination he's allergic so, to why didn't he get have, the why didn't he get the moderna light they though, both have it that don't have it the moderna light oh the, i don't even know about this moderna oh light. yeah without the protein you it's, it's like it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like splenda <laughs> zero exactly <laughs> the zima of, of, of vaccination moderna zero <laughs> Less protein for your allergies. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we we're terrible. We're terrible. We're terrible. Go yeah, go ahead. As far as but, I know. And I mean, he says he wants to be a father, and he doesn't want complications with that. With this vaccination, I don't know how legitimate that is. But if you're gonna be this guy, stand up and don't be like on the Pat McAfee show, like f the media. I don't care. Well, yeah, obviously did in training right. camp. Right. Otherwise, you would have just did what Cole Beasley did, or any he of the others that, that said no. I'm not. Her cousins, the Carson Kyrie, Wentz, Kyrie, like you said, right. anybody. Like right. they said, they're not going to do it. They stood up. They took Bradley Bill. And what did they say? What their reasoning? We have to do more research, or I don't. We don't know enough about this. Like that's always the reasoning. That's literally his reasoning. Why didn't you just say that from day one? But also, if you legitimately have an allergic reaction to this, you're allergic to it. You should have said that people would have understood if it's true. Well, he submitted it to the league, but they denied based on their research and findings that his excuse or reasoning to not get the vaccination wasn't merit. So that's why, you know, you had to have it. You know how many HRs were ready for that? They've been passing that all around HRs. Like, listen, when they come in here with this allergic to that was like the first one that some rich person came. Listen, I'm gonna some doctor, I'm gonna sign this and say you're allergic to the protein. That way you mm-hmm. won't have to worry about right. it. Like, <laughs> and like I think like Aaron Rodgers is like, oh, check out this study, check out that. Just because people do a study doesn't mean it's just a conclusive medical opinion. Like I get where people are coming from. Like we've talked about this in the past. Like it's scary a little bit with the vaccination. We don't know the long-term effects, but Mm -hmm. we're also doing it as a species for each other. There is that element there. Like we're all going in on it together so that, you know, 
we can just move on past it. And if there is going to be some long term stuff, there's going to be long term stuff anyways for the people that are dying from COVID that, you know, without the vaccination, it'd be much worse. True, but to play devil's advocate, if there are going to be learn time, long time ramifications, I'd rather be the person that didn't take the vaccine. <laughs> See, honest, and know. I'm back. Let's, let's be. I mean, like, this is the this is the problem. But that's the point. It's like it's not a clean cut decision either way. You're right. taking a risk, right? But but since you have to join a gang. It's the same thing. Once I join this gang, I rep this gang and I will kill anybody that does not yeah. correspond with this gang. And How about football team? You have to do that in the football. Yeah, it, it doesn't have to be like I, I listen, it needs to be like that as far as taking the vaccination and securing ourselves. But how we're treating one another and how we're calling each other out of our names when there's legitimacy on both sides. There's legitimacy to the fact, and I know that. You've never had a collaborative effort on a vaccine like this as far as the world working together. But still, let's keep it let's keep it real. When you look at it, that usually to check out the efficacy and how how um, the, the, the ramifications, long term ramifications of vaccinations will take a decade. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I get that this it was urgent. It's shut down the world. And we the last thing you want is economies freezing and everything going along with that and people not to be able to touch and communicate and stuff like that. But it was hastened. And again, I'm vaxxed, but I don't feel like I have to hit you upside the head because I get your fears because it's a fear of mine. Full disclosure. They just made it so five year olds can get it. My daughter's not vaccinated yet. We're we're holding up on that for a second. You know what I'm, I'm saying? Sure. Like you got to take that, these. Uh, you have to take some time to decide on some of these. Listen, things. yeah, and Afton's like, what if it, you know, reproduction-wise, is part of the running reasons that she mentioned as far as for her. And I mean, again, we didn't care about the boys' gonads, but still, <laughs> <laughs> no, we did wait. We were as but just, just still. Um, so I, I, I mean, I'm saying I, I get it, but we're in our own echo chambers. And we're not listening. And I get even with listeners like, yeah, but it's better if you get it. It is better if you get it and not have it. But still, you know, and you understand why some of these people are hesitant. You know, some of them, not all. Some of them just have BS excuses and it's political. If it's political, why are you not taking this vaccine? That's ridiculous. You know, because even the other side, the person that you were following initially on the other side is vaccinated. All right. Mm-hmm. So just think about that. And when he tells you all to get vaccinated and you boom, you're not paying attention that he's vaccinated. All right. Mm-hmm. There's a reason he's vaccinated. <laughs> like real talk, you know. So if you're doing it because of that, that now that doesn't make sense to me. You know, I'm just trying to use logic. Um, just just trying to use sound logic when I think about anything and balance logic. And even though I may be biased, I try to recognize my biasness to work through it or to at least process and come to some logical um, reasoning at the end of it. Is all which, I usually try to do. Which is why we can't be mad at Aaron Rodgers for not wanting Johnson and Johnson. Facts. That's I can't be mad. Now that we can't be mad at that. That sound. That sounds science right there. We're not getting that Johnson and Johnson deal, Ryan. I know that right now. We're not getting that. All right, man. Let's, oh, let's, let's move off and let's jump into the body of this show. And that was last night, Saturday night. The Bulls here in the United Center lost to the 76ers. Uh, they were down. I came in in the third. I was going to start and watch the whole game. I came in the third. It's like, Ken, you don't always have to do the whole game. Just take it from the third on out, right? Um, really good game, entertaining. Um, the Bulls were down. 
they got with no the Bulls took the lead with when when I was watching because in the fourth quarter they they yeah, took the lead by Derek Jones slam yeah they took the lead by maybe three or four and then it, it was one and then they were down again. Um, Joel and B was doing his dizzle against Vooch. I mean, from the inside and the outside, he's been a real thorn in the Bulls' side for a long for time. Nine now. straight, nine straight victories versus the Bulls since 2019, I believe, or something like that. 2018, some sometime around then, it's the ninth straight victory. Because remember, Joel I think somewhere was, Wendell Carter was sweating, just feeling that heat that Joel Embiid was giving Vooch <laughs> on Saturday. Woo, woo, he woke up out of <laughs> the cold sweat. Woo. Um, Joel initially didn't because due to injuries, even when he started to get healthy, didn't play against the Bulls. Those games would be like on the, the back end or back and back or maybe the front end and the back and the back. But since being healthy, he's owned the Chicago Bulls. Um, Doc Rivers, as we were talking about, uh, got his thousandth win versus his home city, even though it's from Maywood, but his home city, we, we will accept him as a Chicago, a Chicago land. Um, look, the cold, the one of the best things about this Bulls team is the fact that they have enough firepower that they can come back um, when they're behind. But they're behind every game now. And that's mm-hmm. going to start coming back to hurt them, especially as times where they get into more defensive lulls and the gaps that they have to come from, come back from are too vast for them to close in on those teams that are ahead of them. Um, one thing I know you wanted to talk about was Vooch. And the, the Vooch finding his role. I was on Sean and Maya and Sean Davis from uh, uh, Sneaks and Squeaks and also uh, Lucky Left Hand Podcast, me and in Chicago, was on there. We were talking about it. And I was saying that for me, Vooch needs to – he needs to hasten his pace. He needs to stop. One, when he gets the ball, just shoot it. You know, like he, he just some quick action because Vooch, one, tries to spend too much time trying to back his man down. And right now it's not working. I, I'm sure later on in the season, I'm not telling you to abandon the post entirely, but you you need to just you need to go action, counteraction, or action rather than trying to get yourself set and take advantage of the fact that your man isn't set yet. And that's one thing that's sticking out to me about Vooch. I just need him quick, quick, quick action and step trying to go through uh, methodically go through whatever he's trying to do to get to a spot. One thing that I did think about with Vooch was this. Vooch, in essence, in a way, reminds me of uh, uh, one of the, the biggest, unfortunately, one of the biggest free agency signers in Chicago Bull history over the last 10 years. <laughs> and that's Carlos Boozer. And we talked about Carlos Boozer. I, maybe I mentioned this because you were talking about the rebounds. Uh, the Give me that, Joe. <laughs> Joe, Joe. We talking about Joe Kim Noah. Because think about how efficient. Now, Vooch isn't efficient right now, but offensively, uh, Booz's efficiency was through the roof as a bull, primarily through like the first four years. His efficiency was crazy because they knew to pull his ass out. Like one thing Thibs knew was get him in, get you what you need out of him. But I'm also going to pull you. I'm going to put Todd in, you know, for defensive prowess and so on and so forth. Or at that time, remember, Amir Sheik was on that team, too, back in those days. Uh-huh. So um, but that's what I look at Vooch as being a booze in a way where defensively, there's just going to be some issues, you know, but what you need for him to do, and again, back to my initial statement as far as quickly getting to the point and just scoring the ball rather than methodically trying to go through it because you're not there yet. On top of that, coming from you're used to everything running through you from Orlando, and now you're more of the fourth option. You know what I'm saying? Third, fourth option where you don't get a lather and be an ability to get into your groove. You just need to listen on those pick and pops. You need to just take the shot. Like there's too many of those threes where he gets it and he's looking to sit there and still uh, um, um, initiate more offense as far as moving the ball around. No, no, no. Take the shot. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, you just, just take, he has to just set and take the shot. A lot of times in pick and rolls and screens, he gets the ball and he starts to look, starts to dribbling and starts to try to get into the post. No, take the shot. If you're going to take the jump hook, take the baby hook, take the baby hook, but just just do it and get into it. And uh, one thing I know Shauna mentioned was treat him like Bill Cartwright. And for, and for Brian, I know you were young. The Bulls used to, at the beginning of the game, they used to run like three, the three first plays down the court was going to Bill Cartwright. And it's just old basketball. Get your big involved early. That way you won't lose him throughout the game. You know what I'm saying? And just stuff, something like that for Vooch. And you can do that periodically during the game, but it's also how you stagger the minutes. You can start trying to stack, make sure you stagger the minutes against, and I know you may want him in due to the fact that you don't have defensive centers on him just because of his size with the starter. But you may need to stagger his minutes and let him get off against the backup you know what I'm saying, to, to take advantage of the weakness of the backup rather than to have him always just go up against the starter when the starter is always in the game. I like that last point you just made there because, I mean, Kobe White's getting closer. Maybe you stagger with him and Kobe White on the second unit where he can be a little bit more facilitator, a little bit more aggressive offensively. Mm-hmm. And with Kobe White and that speed, maybe it creates a little bit more matchups that he doesn't have with maybe Zach and DeMar running the pick and roll with them. Uh, I also love what you said too. Getting him going early—that's uh, that would be great to see a little bit more of that. I feel like, and this is not to compare the teams or the players. He's almost like Chris Bosh on that Miami Heat team when they came together, where he really had to adjust his game the most between mm-hmm. LeBron and Dwayne Wade. Great point. I feel like that's where Vooch has to be, and it's really what you said. Just be more aggressive. Doesn't mean stop passing the ball and being a facilitator because that's a strength of his, but just. He needs to have more of that aggressive mindset when it comes to scoring because if he looks to score a little bit more and then just bees that third kind of facilitator, that that extra piece, almost like what Joe Kim Noah was for the offense, just that extra little guy that can create a little bit of playmaking because of his passing, that's great. But we need Vooch to be that scoring efficiency guy. Like you mentioned, Carlos Boozer. He wasn't great on defense, but he was very efficient on the boards and he was very efficient offensively for the most part. Maybe not all the time in the playoffs, but during the regular season, Boozer was a very accountable offensive player for you. That's what you need Vooch to be. Just be that extra punch on offense, not even to what Boozer was, because you don't need him to be the second scorer. You just need him to be the third and then add that little extra rebounding, playmaking, be what he is defensively, which I think is okay. I think he's a little bit better than Boozer. Defensively, oh yeah, but, he definitely just height height wise, he's better than Boozer. That's and it. Boozer was six seven basically, but he needs bigs. that efficiency on offense. I think that's the big thing right now that we're missing from Vooch's game. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was Tua. Yeah, no, Tua. I didn't think that was Tua. That dude looked blacker. Uh, no, Tua's anyway. out. Tua's yeah. Out. I see. I see. I was like, damn, Tua got a tan. That might have been <laughs> Um, went back to Hawaii uh, for a vacation. What was about to say? Also, you real quick on a point you just made. I think you made a real good point with Chris Bosch getting to Miami and how it reminds you of the situation with Booch. Going along with that thought process and that thinking, I should say, he, he needs to be like Kevin Love when Cleveland, mm-hmm. as far as 
outside shot man, in between guy, you know, just like what Kevin Love did with Kyrie, how he had to adjust. And Kevin Love mentioned that he had to go through what Chris Bosch had to go through. I think Chris Bosch said Kevin Love was going to have to make the, was going to be him as far as making the most sacrifice. That's what Vooch is going to have to learn. And Vooch is going to have to learn within this offense, his spots. And hopefully it comes earlier rather than later, but they do have enough time to figure this out. And I hate to say that sooner or later, injury is going to help that because Someone's going so one of the big dogs is going to be out for a period of time, and you're going to need Vooch to have to step up, unfortunately. And it may be yeah. because Zach sits because of that thumb. Um, it may just be, you know, as far as just some short, some soft tissue injuries from Lamar. I'm not wishing that on anybody, um, but just it's basketball, you know what I'm saying? And sooner or later, attrition is going to cause you to have to make sure that you're getting the best out of most of the players that are on that team. So, um, yeah. I'm still excited. I mean, they still have what the second best, the second best record in the East. Because they, they were yeah, they were tied last night. Now, because I, I thought they were tied last night, or they were first and second. I know Miami's now seven and two, so they're below Miami, and I think they're below the 76ers. They're below the Seventy Sixers, right? so that's three. Okay, so I'll take that. Yeah, you know, no. and, and also, but let me. Uh, I, I want to get your opinion on the Kobe White factor. Like, is this something that? could be a big thing or is this just kind of like a whatever thing? It's not a whatever thing. It's not having, having Kobe, Kobe white with no, I don't know. I don't want to say that with with less responsibility than what he's had. Cause we're talking just a total second unit guy. And that second unit needs a little bit more scoring punch. That's what I'm saying. In in the past, in the past, you're trying to force this 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 square peg into this round hole as far as trying to make Kobe White a pure point guard or more of a point guard, right? Mm-hmm. And now he can come in and be a scorer, and you have Io to be the the point for the most part. So you, even though Io's playing off ball, you and you, you both of them, Caruso and Ball exactly their minutes, point, great, exactly, exact. So no, I think I think the Kobe thing is an asset because we even though this team is 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 doing well. They still need more scoring, and their uh, their three point their their, their three point efficiency is trash. They take mm-hmm. the less the, the, the least amount of three pointers. So that's another reason to get Kobe to have Kobe back. Let's not forget what Kobe last year yeah. has started turning himself into a much better outside shooter. So no, I, I think you need Kobe White. It's not a player to look or moving off from. You need a scoring punch, and it goes to what I was saying a second ago. This players are going to get hurt, and you're going to need guys that can put the ball in the rim. Now, I mean, we all know you need a rim protector. But at least you have enough long bodies when you're talking about uh, Jones and you're talking about Javante Green. God, and you're talking can he about, jump, by the way? Right. You know what I'm saying? And you're talking about Brown. Like, you have enough in-between guys, but now it gives you another a small mini a mini guy that can go up there and score. Not mini. Kobe is 6'4", 6'5". Um, you, you, it, it gives you what you need when it comes to that scoring punch and, and, and depth off the bench. So, um, And I love I'm that. You know, with that second unit with Kobe back, they can go Caruso, Ao, and Kobe. I mean, all I three are six four. It's not mm-hmm. like you got a five eleven guy that you got to balance between them. Yeah, and you're you like, play Caruso we're way small. or you play Caruso or Ao at the three. I mean, as far as defensively is what I'm saying. Yes, mm-hmm. they can defend threes in that situation. But yeah, yeah that's a great point too. They, they they did provide them. I mean, that's the thing. And I was talking to Sean Davis about what this team tells us about. Arturis and Mark and their desires as far as basketball. And he said positionless basketball. And that's basically what they have. They have a team. Yeah, they have a team where 
you can switch a lot of everything, basically. And I don't, I'm usually when you hear somebody say that, you're talking about defense. But I'm just saying as far as who is the playmaker, who's the initiator. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a lot of guys on this. Last year, you had one initiator, basically. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And now, and it was Zach initiate, Zach score, Zach defend, and now you have four initiators or four guys who can initiate, basically. You know what I'm saying? And that that definitely helps you, and it, it hurts teams, especially if you're willing not to be um, simple and predictable. If you if you, you if you if you if you if you take advantage of this versatility to be unpredictable and not go your turn, my turn, your turn, it's very hard for teams to defend you. Yeah, I like where they're at. I think, like you said, there's going to be that improvement. There's going to be some injuries that happens that they're going to have to work through. But I think they have enough scoring in general that they can sustain some injuries just depending on how many and to who. But Mm -hmm. it's not like they're just totally relying, like you said, on Zach to do everything. Otherwise, what are we going to do offensively? We have no organizer. We have no score. We don't know what we're doing. Uh, But I guess my my. My big thing with them is just how soon they can maybe hit another level with chemistry because that's what we're hoping can hit another level. I think they we've probably seen as good as DeMar can play and as Zach can play and what they're going to kind of be all year long, Wait. but maybe not together. Well, this is a, another level is them doing it in half court consistently. They, they, that, they have to figure out. And to me, that's just chemistry, right? Like just – Getting yeah, used to it's each definitely other chem- yeah, it's definitely chemistry getting used to each other. That's that's the key, but that's 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 the big chunk because playoff basketball, you're not going to be running up and down the court as much. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say it's eliminated. Unless you're just eliminated. getting a lot of steals, like, but still, that's, that's you're not. It's it's going to come down to half court basketball been, yeah. in the playoffs. It always slows um, down. It always slows down, and that's what you're. And that's where Vooch really has to be that dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and that's going to be like, you got to look at it in some regard. And I'm not saying it's an apples to apples. You have to think Mark Eversley wants some of the stuff that you can get out of Nikola Djokovic, out of Vucevic, as far as uh, initiating offense. Now, he's not this walking triple double um, that no. MVP that Nikola Djokovic is, but Nikola Djokovic's ability to pass the ball puts pressure on other opposing teams' defenses. And you want to start seeing that and seeing those guys dive and move around around him, um, making it harder for teams to necessarily deed them up in the half-court setting, you know. Man, is the Joker, did he sign a deal? Can Arturis snag that dude over here? Yeah, that uh, he signed that deal. Like I think he got a new deal like a year before last. Come on, Joker. Yeah, he's not going. Arturis is the one that found you. Think you about it. Also, that – he also that um that deal had to be triggered up because he got the MVP. He got a, he had to have a Derrick Rose. That's a Derrick Rose clause has to be triggered in that contract from him uh, winning MVP. So yeah, yeah. So all right, let's switch over to the gridiron as we both sit with uh with the red zone in the background. I never get to do a show and watch football, so this is great. I know. Um, Right. And there's so much light in here. You can't see the television flying fast uh-huh. behind me. So it works. <laughs> it works because I usually have to cover it up or turn it. Usually I turn the television off. Yeah. The Bears are in Pittsburgh tomorrow night. Tonight, I should say, because you guys are going to hear this today. Um, the Bears in Pittsburgh tonight at Heinz Field. 
uh, taking on the Steelers, a Steelers team who had somewhat lofty expectations if you weren't paying attention to football. Um, offensive line, uh, even though you, you know you have uh, Najee Harris running, the offensive line has been, had been uh, decimated from from just from uh, players leaving and players getting injured. You had Villanueva, Villanueva going to uh, the Ravens. Um, I forget who else. Uh, they, they You also lost uh, Pouncey, um, and I believe... And they, they got lost, rid of a lot of guys, too. They, they lost their left tackle, too. They lost their left tackle, I believe. That too. was Villanueva. That was Villanueva? Okay. Yeah, that was Villanueva. They lost their right tackle, though, as well. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so, listen. A team that has a really good defense, um, and that'll be, that'll be one thing that you're worried about facing the Bears, um, especially with the rookie quarterback. Well, they're really good scoring defense, and a top 15 or top 16, both uh, in pass and rush, they're 13 and 12. So they okay. give up some yards, but they don't give up points. But who doesn't give up yards nowadays? You know, for the most well, part. Well, that, that's the big thing. The number one defense nowadays is scoring. Who do you keep out of the end zone? Because, sure, it's great to limit yards, but if they're scoring 30 points, who gives a damn? Right. I mean, the NFL is built on the most part out of uh, getting yards. Now, maybe your defense is proficient in stopping teams in the pass well or stopping teams in the run well, but usually whatever one you do the best, the other one teams are going to take it more advantage of because you can't do both. Now, that doesn't mean you're not kicking ass, but you're usually giving up a little bit more either in the pass game or in the the run game. Mm -hmm. Um, So listen, Bears have one of the best run games in the league. And now David Montgomery is back. This is, yes, this he David is. Montgomery's back. We got so Thunder now, and Lightning. How about this exactly. dynamic duo? Now you have an excellent one-two punch in David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. Not to mention you still have Damian Williams there. But he you is know, out we, for this game, though. Thank you. Um, but you, we didn't need him. But um, <laughs> I hate to say it, Damian. But we you've been supplanted, buddy. Yes. Um, you, yes. Have, you, you can take advantage of this run game that the Bears have and initiate the play action. Um, I feel like the Bears should win this game. I felt like this since the beginning of the year. This is Ben Roethlisberger's uh, fail wear season. I mean, maybe he'll come and back. And he's hurting and he's going to play, but he's not He's not 100%. So what y'all, so y'all going to do when we get all up on Ben Roethlisberger and beat his old ass to a pump? with his sick self. I said it. You know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> he deserves it all. <laughs> but um, no, I just don't. I don't think this team, this team is a, a, a much well-coached team, a, a, a better coached team than the Bears. But I think the Bears just have better assets than what the Steelers have from top to bottom right now. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I honestly do. I think the one thing the Steelers have better than the Bears, they have a better, um, they have a better wide receiver core than the Bears. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but I, I feel like and I mean they got, you know, you got Watt. So you, you got one of the best defensive players. And I'm players worried ever. because Eddie Jackson's doubtful and we saw what and we he saw got what hurt. happened. But but at least and you have that excellent receiving core, but at least it's not a situation where you know it happens in the game, like you can actually prepare for it this time. R- Right, but for, well, I guess this is what I'm trying to say. Ben Roethlisberger is throwing that ball out about what two point seconds, two seconds. Uh, I think he's averaging like two seconds as far as getting rid of the ball. So it's not it's not going to be a lot of time for them to set up big plays. That still doesn't mean big plays won't take place from guys just missing or them, you know, saying scheming it. But at least you're not they're not going to give you three steps or even a seven step drop. You know, it's going to be. To get the ball out for the most part, everything should be in front of you. Just make sure you're not giving away too much space. That's one thing 
on watching that tape with um, um, the tape never lies yesterday. Shout out to Bellissimo Phil and Coach O Phil's pops um, was just the, some of the depth that like Tayshawn Gibson Senior was getting. Man, dude was like twenty five yards back before the snap, and it was like and the, the, and the first was at the fifteen yard line. You know what I'm saying? It was just kind of like what's what's going on here? Like just fundamentally, like one of the things I said this to you earlier. Effort was the big thing that stood out to me um, yesterday. That, like, I think in general, if you played any sports, there are going to be some brain cramps. <laughs> but going on that show yesterday, there, there were some effort issues where you could tell guys was checking out. You know what I'm saying? And it's one thing where you check out of a play. But when you check out about four or five plays, that that's that's a trend. You know what I'm saying? And that's an issue. And one of the main guys who was on there was Tayshawn Gibson Sr. And it was glaring. And I know Phil and myself both said this. Because Phil was like, I'm surprised it's him. And I was like, yeah, from last year, you were you were satisfied with Tayshawn. I, I was pleasantly surprised of his play last year coming in. Because you thought uh, a guy just off the streets from Houston, okay, it's going to be like high, it's going to be like high, high Clinton Dix. Is you know that coaching potentially at all? Or is it just Tayshawn? Like, some, of it is, some of it is some of it is coaching because of um, holding those guys accountable because some of this is because this is the thing too. You 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 don't have to watch tape to see this. You see the effort that Akeem Hicks is doing with a banged up groin, right? And one of the things and actually I, analogies I use was Thibs last year and how the defensive players on the string was gone because everyone knows Thibs last year and Garpax thought by bringing in Fred Hoiberg, you can get everybody to fall back in lockstep. Like, oh, we're going to tell the students. Don't listen to the substitute, right? But mm-hmm. then when 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 the new teacher comes in, they're gonna fall back in line and, and act accordingly like they did before. And to me, that's what you're getting now with this defense with the, the lack of accountability. Because I feel like with the um with issues being repeated. All right, with, with them messing up repeatedly, that you this that that's something that another guy comes to a guy and is like, "What are you doing?" You know what I'm saying? Like, get your head in the game. We already talked about this this week. You can't do that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And for me to see guys that are consistently messing up, I feel like there's no accountability, or if there there is accountability, they're tuning that person that's holding them accountable out. You know, like that's that's kind. Of, and and I'll say this too. I think it's hard when there may have not been no accountability from your head coach to now think a rookie defensive coordinator can hold players that he's familiar with in a locker room and move. Well, we hired a veteran defensive coordinator. Exactly. Moving up. These guys, these guys have known him and, you know, and I'm not being disrespectful, but, you know, could, could have in in a, a nice way sunned him in the past as far as, yeah, he's the DB's coach or whatever. And now it's like, yeah, he's cool. But, and if, if him really calling me to task, is it's going to necessarily invigorate me to do what needs to be done? I don't see that, but it's hard for him. How is he going to do that when it seems like the head coach doesn't do that? You know what I'm saying? So like that doesn't, yeah, so how are you like how's he gonna pull that off when the head coach doesn't pull that off? You know, compared to a Vic Fangio who has already had, you know, saying this legacy to where you had to respect him. Even and it didn't work here, but at least Chuck Pagano had, you know, a history and was a head coach, you know, but having a guy that was the quality control guy and work himself up. You know, and particularly in this building, I, it not could be wrong in this. And I have to ask someone who played in the pros, but how would it be if it was a guy that came from outside of your building that you weren't familiar with, 
Right. And some people will be like, well, it'll be harder for me to take his criticism. Yeah. But since you don't have that familiarity with him, you may not feel slighted as much because you're not feeling like somebody that you cared about said something to you. Maybe you don't feel as safe, you know, when you right. Good point. Great point. Great point. You feel safe. Yeah. You you can mess up. You can do Mm -hmm. this. You can do that. Great point, Ryan. I think that's 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 the that's the kicker on top of that. So that's just looking at some of the defense and everybody. Make sure you check out uh, the Tape Never Labs patrons on Saturdays. I had a great time on there yesterday. Uh, make sure you go and check that out. But yeah, um, it, it, that that stood out. And I mean, Sean Desai, I feel like is doing a good job. Except last week against the 49ers, Cal Shanahan showed you why Cal Shanahan is one of the better play callers in the league. The Bears had nothing in the second half. We don't have to worry about that as much with this Pittsburgh offense. I mean, now this isn't the Pittsburgh offense we grew up with where it's, you know, running, running back, running back, cloud of dust, play action. No, this is we're going to air it out. And we got Najee Harris, but we can air, we're going to air this, this and, ball out. And that's the key, right? Like, Anytime the Bears defense has been gashed by the run of the opponent, I, I can't imagine the Bears have won many of those games, if any at no. all. No, and, and I mean, those usually equal losses big time. And last, last week was a perfect example of it. Three weeks. Last three weeks from Green Bay, Tampa. And, and how many uh, games have they lost in a row? Three. Three. Yeah, I mean, they've their average has been ridiculous as far as what players Boy. have averaged these running backs have averaged these last three weeks. Um, we'll see. I mean, Eddie Goldman hasn't been Eddie Goldman. You've known that. Uh, Keem Hicks we keep actually, hearing how he's getting better, so I want to yeah. see this breakthrough. I, I don't need, know. You need to make sure that Tonga and Blackson is out there um, and, and Mario Edwards Jr. with his knucklehead itself. Right. And um, how much can you get from Akeem? Like, how is that growing? I know he's not listed on the injury report, but I can't imagine it's just fine. Dude, there's there, I don't care if he misses three games for the next two years, every year for the next two years. I don't think you can let Akeem Hicks go. And he's got so much dog and he's such a force. That's going to be so hard to replace. I'm kind of with you. Yeah, I don't think. And I, I'm and it, it, it. Bilal Nichols isn't the answer. Yeah, I don't think he can be as dominant of a force as a king. Yeah, exists. he's not that. He's not. He's not that. That type of. You're asking. You're asking for. You, you, he's not going to gain that type of that type of natural country strength. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That like I want to sign him and keep him because he's definitely a starter in the NFL. But Keen Hicks is a difference maker type starter in the NFL yeah, at that so. same position. But yeah, um, the the question will be, and you mentioned it, and it's it's crazy that we get on Bojack, but you can tell just the the, the, the defensive backfield needs Bojack and his mistakes um, because they just, they lack his athleticism, but they also lack some of the versatility and play call that Sean Desai can do with having Bojack back there because of some of the stuff you can do compared to like Tease Tabor, he's not getting the reps and you, you don't use him the same way as a Swiss Army knife like you use Eddie Jackson. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So that also handcuffs Sean Desai to a certain degree. But in saying all of that, I think the Bears running game w- is going to do well. I think that um, I think we should have uh, um, Justin Fields. I think we should have from Justin Fields what we thought we were going to get last week. Um, really good play with victory. 
that's what I actually think that we're going to see of uh, this week. Justin Fields plays. It's a Monday night game. Monday night games are filled. I just hate with, that it's on the road for the Bears. That's I like that it's on the road. Like I like it can't always be can't always be peaches and cream. You got to go into somebody else's house. And well, fire Matt Nagy, and then we might get some peaches and cream. <laughs> <laughs> but I like I like that it's on the road. I like that it's a national game. Um, go out there and do like the Monday night games and those week the weekday games are built on either the same narrative going on or whoa I didn't see that happening or this game sucked just mm-hmm. in general you know what I'm saying like that's usually the narrative on a weekday game and I, I hope our team shows that I wasn't expecting that even though I expect the Bears to win nationally you could tell that they don't expect the Bears to win and I want the Bears to go to Heinz Field and kick that Steeler ass do you have a score yeah, I have the Bears winning twenty-one to seventeen. Ooh, like it. Um, yeah, I I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think this Pittsburgh team is better. I think they're better coached. I think mm-hmm. that what really worries me is the idea of maybe second half adjustments. I would expect Mike Tomlin and his crew to do it. And boy, it just seems like, especially the last few weeks, we've seen very little adjustments whatsoever. And Matt Nagy already came into this year as considered not very strong in that department to begin with. It seems like it's just like ethically bad at this point where I don't even know what they're doing at that halftime talk. And they're just like, mm-hmm. just getting the, the orange peels out and let's get back out there, guys. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> the orange slices. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's go. Um the other thing, too, with this matchup that worries me is that run game that I just mentioned. I don't know if they're going to step up that defense and stop it because if the Steelers get that run game going, that's when I start feeling like it could be a long night and just one of those just really ugly nights for the Bears. I don't think it could get to embarrassing level with how the Steelers are built right now, but I think it can be an ugly loss for sure if they don't really come in there with that that defensive mindset because – as much as I like the offense, it's going to be on the road. And I mean, I shouldn't say as much as I like the offense. As much as I like what Justin Fields did last weekend and the possibility of the improvement, and they get that one-two combo in Montgomery and Herbert, I don't think that's a small thing. And Larry Borum playing right tackle, we'll see if he maybe stabilizes that position. If he can be a starter that can be just held accountable, that he can do his job Jason Peters has been playing better. You still have a decent interior, even though you you mentioned in our pre-show, Sam Musfer having a lot of issues at that center position. Maybe as a whole, they're just a little bit better with Larry Borum and the way they've run the ball in general, even against Tampa, they had a decent run game for as vaunted a running stuffing defense that the Buccaneers have. And the Steelers team is, is similar, but they're not as good at stopping the run. If they can really get some extra big plays that maybe they didn't expect to get because of the style of running from Montgomery and Herbert. And one thing that they both share, because one is more like physical, the other has that that kind of speed potential to break one and take one to the house and Herbert. They both like find a way to make guys miss. That's right. the best part of their game. And it could be exciting potentially with fields playing better and that running game. But it's going to be the crowd. It's going to be the Steelers defense that is pretty good. There's not going to be a lot of margin for error, especially if that defense is not bringing it like they did last week with that effort against the 49ers and giving up like an 80-yard screen to Debo Samuel. What's the score? Um, I think it's going to be low scoring. I'm going to go 26-20 Steelers. 
Okay, yeah, you would, Trader. Um, I know, I'm joking. It burns me, but I, I'm kind of in favor of the chaos because once we uh, slowly get to our up for grabs, you know, we got to talk about the future because this season's starting to get dead, fam. <laughs> it's funny you bring that up. Let's go. Let's go up for grabs with Rob B. Ski. I got a um, I got a DM on Instagram from a gentleman, Mister Doy, uh, D O Y. A, I believe. I don't know if I mispronounced that. I want to get his name right real quick. Let me pull up my Instagram so I don't get don't, don't butcher this gentleman's name. Um, Devon don't know D O D D O Y E Devon Doe Doe. I believe it's probably Doe. Hit me up, brother. Hit me up um, real quick and said this. Shout out to shout out to this gentleman because I want to give him his props. This is how he initially hit me up. I usually don't go through. Um, I like once a week I go through when someone sends those requests of uh, the chat on DMs on Instagram, right? So he hit me up. He said, "Good morning, Mr. Davis. I've watched yourself and your co-host on YouTube, and I believe you all may be selling a bear short uh, a short base in this year's past. In this in the years past, I'm sorry. Uh, this is a new day. Let us look at it in the light. First, we have Justin Fields. Second, Jenkins is almost ready to come back. So the offensive line that was envisioned on draft day plus Peters is almost complete. Third, our Bears are only a few games out with about nine or ten games left to play. Fourth, there is Tampa, the Rams, Green Bay, Arizona. So that leaves three playoff spots open. Fifth, so he was, he was, he was really going through his stuff, and this is well-worded. Matt Nagy and company are putting together an entirely new offensive scheme on the fly with and, and for Justin Fields, and it's working. Six, every team in the NFL is getting injuries right now, and the Bears' defensive starters like Mac should be coming back. Finally, and maybe the most importantly, David Gummery and the heart and soul and fight of this team, and this team is about to clear our eye. All this in time for the playoff push. Bear down. I replied. I replied. I hope you're right. The Bears not making the playoffs, though. Good morning to you, bro. Have a good one. <laughs> he replied. He replied. Hey, Mr. Davis, how about a gentleman's bet for one cyber bear if the Bears make the playoffs this year? My money is on the Bears sneaking in. I said, you're on, Mr. Doe. I uh, hope you're Hell right. Yeah. Get me on that drink, too. I said, I I said cyber one. but it's not happening, right? And he, he replied laughing. Shout out to him. We appreciate. Also, appreciate you being a glass half full guy. Um, and I mean, it's I not wish. totally wrong if a ton of injuries happen. Yeah, mathematically, this is where this is the problem. Real quick, the problem is Matt Nagy, and it's bigger than Matt Nagy. But the problem is he's saying that Matt Nagy and this offense can figure it out. Yeah, and that's we know, my biggest problem. We know they can't. Now. They can't. It's, it's, they're not scoring still. That's yeah. their. That's what's holding them back from a playoff run. If right, they can't right. score, Dude, they're if 31st they were, in the NFL. If they were consistently hovering around 25, 26 points a game, holla at me. Holla they might have like, won last week if they could have gotten to 26 right, by the time right. before Dude, the Niners got there. If they were doing that, he's right. If But the, the fact that they can't consistently score for nothing, it's just – and it, if, as of right now, it's not happening – that therefore, for me, and I, when I'm when I'm texting, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not trying to be a jerk, but it's like mathematically they're not out of it. But if we're using this algebra correctly, we can see they're out of it because they have five losses already, right? Mm-hmm. Have five losses. Um, you have them having six by tomorrow night, mm-hmm. dude. You, you if you get, I'll give I'll give them three, Ryan. They can only get three more losses and get to the playoffs. Yeah. Basically, 
So we're talking about nine and eight. I don't see them only eight, nine. You're saying yeah, thank you. Eight eight and nine, lowest. No, no. I'm well. Actually, if I'm going off of what their what their record is right now, oh, right now, yes, three more losses would be eight, eight. nine and eight. All right, because you're not you're not getting to the playoffs in eight and nine. I don't believe so. Unless crazy injuries happen, that's the only. But I mean, we still went through it. You got you're going to have two coming out of the west. You're going to have two coming out of the south. They're moving. I mean, unless Simeon is that big of an issue long term. It didn't matter though. They had Jenkins. So the Saints are probably coming out of the South. We know Dallas is coming out of the East. We know Green Bay is coming out. The question is if it's going to be the Vikes or whatnot. But it, it, now, if you're telling me there was only one division where we clearly can see that there's only one team, that, that there's two teams coming out, I'd agree. You know what I'm saying? I'd be like, all right. But we basically said there's four teams already in. There's only seven spots, right? There's four teams in, Green Bay's in. Dallas is in. All right. So again, now when we go got Cardinals in, I was just about to say, I was just say Cardinals in, Rams in. We don't know where the Seahawks are going to be, right? But the 49ers are ahead of the Bears right now. Okay. Then then when we go to uh when we go to the East, they're out. We can just we can kill the East. But I mean, aren't the Giants just right behind them in the record standings? I mean they're not that far. They're not they're not. Yeah, I mean, they're behind. fighting with the Giants for a wild card spot still. Hold on, look, NFL standings. And then you look at, uh, like you said, the NFC South. I think the Saints are in a prime position to go ahead and take that uh, wild card spot because I expect the Buccaneers to win that. And then you mentioned it with the Vikings. No, as well. da- no, the Giants are two and six. Oh, the Giants are two around. and six. So listen, the real thing is this. The, the real thing is this. It's everything that I just said, right? As far it's as between got, the Saints and the Vikings, can you get ahead of one of them and, and uh, hope that the 49ers get battered by the NFC West? This is the kicker too, Ryan. The Panthers are four and four. Mm, the, yeah. the Falcons are three and four. So they have already had their buy. So you're not you're not even better than those three teams. And actually, you have the same record as the Eagles as of right now. Yeah. So like, and we we have to go and look at the strength of those teams' records moving forward. And we already know the Bears have the the roughest record, one of the top three roughest records in the league, if not the, oh, the yeah. roughest. Oh, so yeah. like again, that's I mean, you're still playing the Ravens. You're still right. playing the Vikings twice. You got to play twice. the Green Bay Packers again in Green Bay, and that's the other problem I have too with uh, the idea that they haven't Bears played the Cardinals. The playoffs. They haven't played the Cardinals yeah. yet. They haven't played the Cardinals. They played Seattle yet. Yep, and they're going to have Russell Wilson back by the time right. you play Seattle. Right. Uh, the one thing that I think really hurts too with talking about playoff run, this team is horrendous on the road. And we can't just believe that they're going to be good on the road all of a sudden. Like, they haven't been good on the road in a long time. They've lost the last two home games with uh, the Packers and then the 49ers. You lose another road game, like, you're just you – you don't have enough home games to make up for it, and you're so bad on the road, and you still have so many tough road games – you just can't assume that the Bears are going to be able to just string a bunch of victories together. Like, unless a, uh, just major injuries are happening. Like, remember the Suns in the in their race to the finals? It was like, Lakers lose Anthony Davis. They win. Next round, uh, there's no 
Oh, I'm blanking on his name. Murray. Nuggets. Murray. Murray no, out. Murray. Next round, Kawhi's out. And it's like, you can get string a bunch of victories that way, but that's well, the only way I see it. Also, remember, Spider Mitchell was out. Just as far as guys mm-hmm. you would could have, like, it, it, the, the doors were open. The same way with Kawhi winning it in Toronto. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Where KD was injured, then Clay went out. You know, like the same thing happened. But again, and the reason why I'm getting back to Mr. Doe, um, I brought it up was Matt Nagy. And get, go all the way back to the Benjamin Albright thing with Ragul um, was the fact that you got to get rid of Matt Nagy. I mean, it's, I'm not saying that like this. It's cool or it's vogue. I've right. said it plenty of times. He seems like a good guy. But the, the Bears aren't getting pudding right now, right? That's like, it. I mean, They're not getting the returns on their offense since the since his initial year. They have not, and and it's proven that he, for right now, isn't competent in what his job is. And we were naggy guys when we started That's this big time. Like we big wanted time. him. To, we wanted him to succeed. Yeah, and we're big, saying. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. And you it, it's you can still love this team, but be honest, just because you're a fan doesn't mean you have to have blind fandom. I mean, but that still doesn't mean, again, when I'm saying that, mathematically, they're out of it. So I'm not saying Ooh. that my boy Doe was having blind fandom. Joe Mixon's trying to more. run me over Daryl, by the way. Thank you, uh, Joe. Shout out to so you. So go, go, Joe. Go, Joe, go. But, um, yeah, so, uh, again, I think it's good to hear, but they should have done it last year. You wouldn't have to waste a season of Justin Fields' uh, career. Um, if they don't do it, it's sad. Well, it's, at I mean, least like, the report is mentioning Brian Dable is the guy that they're right. most attracted to. I like that a lot, that we talked about it. If you're going to pick a guy, they need to have done at least the play-calling job or the head coaching job with a ton of experience and proof you bet if there was a head that coach. there's – Yes, but proof that this what they specialize in actually works. Mm-hmm. We or haven't seen that in a long time. Or they can CEO a team. You know what I'm saying? Like, because mm-hmm. the problem is asking a guy that has never CEO'd a team and his focus has been on one side of the ball now to do well on that side of the ball while also growing into a position that he may not naturally be built for as far as being a, the leader of an did entire you, organization. Did you see some of the coaching stints that Dable has had in the past? Mm-mm. Uh, he's got an impressive list. I think he was in Alabama. I'm not sure if it was with Nick Saban, but he was there for a little bit. Then with New England and Bill Belichick. Um, now, obviously, with Buffalo, and he's been you know, running a terrific offense for years now with them. I mean, really developed Josh Allen, which we talked about. Do you have no, he was down there with developing? he was down there with them. Uh, Ryan. He was uh, with uh, Alabama in 2017. Okay. William and Mary, uh, William and Mary, assistant coach in '97, the Browns' offensive coordinator in '09 and 2010. Um, let me just go back. So he was with Saban. He was with Bill Belichick. He was with some of these really good coaches. So real quick, he was the defensive assistant coach for New England for 2020, 2001. Then became the wide receivers coach from 02 to 0 to 06. Then became the quarterback coach for the Jets from 07 to 08. The Browns offensive coordinator from 09 to 010. Uh, Miami's offensive coordinator, Kansas City offensive coordinator, New England's offensive assistant, New England's tight ends coach. Bill Belichick is really letting him get all over the whole entire uh, the offensive defensive side of the ball. He was New England's uh, tight ends coach from 2014 to 2016. And Wait, he's was been he with uh, Andy Reid in Kansas City when he stopped? Um. 
I don't know. He's he was in, Andy Reid's been there for a decade now. Man, he's been there for a while. What's, so he was uh, there. If he was there for a decade, he was there for Andy Reid's first about Andy Reid's first and second year. He was there only in 2012. And the record, I don't know. They were two and fourteen. So if it was, this was Andy's first season. This may be the year before Andy got there. Andy Reid was head coach in twenty thirteen. Yeah, so it's the year, but that's why Andy Reid got the job is what I was trying to imply. This was they were two and fourteen when he was offensive coordinator, and he's been the offensive coordinator for the Bills since twenty eighteen. Was that that crazy Haley dude right before Andy Reid? Yeah, and then Haley ended up being the <laughs> offensive coordinator with uh, the Steelers, yep. and having problems with Big Ben. But yeah. Yep. Um, or was it that wait? Was Haley before or after Romeo Cornell? Because Romeo Cornell got a, deter, a chance, he got there, fired he? before, and then okay. I think Romeo took over as interim, and then okay. they got Haley, if I remember correctly. But yeah, listen, it's good to hear. Um, I brought up one quick thing with the, the man Nagy though being fired. I'm not hearing Ryan Pace. Are you okay if Ryan Pace survives and Matt Nagy goes? I mean, maybe I shouldn't even say okay, maybe it's more like. That's probably what's going to happen, right? Because they don't want to hire another search firm. They're sick of doing. You that. shouldn't need a search. See, the problem with that is, but they need it. But no, no. After you had to hire a search firm, your goal then was to. I have to start finding connections inside of this league to where I don't have to do that again. I, as an owner in a charter franchise, should have enough connections to know who's who, who's hot and who I should be bringing in. I shouldn't have to go out and do that. That That's a, that's when they talk about the end of the year and you see George Miscassi talk about self-reflection, that should have been a major self-reflection right. seven years ago. Right. You had to do that. Um, I would prefer both of them gone. Um, Ryan Pace yeah. has been better at his job than Matt Nagy. That's not saying a lot, but he has been. If they keep him, I like how you mentioned how you worded that. He has been better at his job, but that doesn't mean a lot. Doesn't mean I a like lot because I mean you could I could be better. I totally someone. agree with that. He's been better D's. at hey, his he gets, job. He gets D minuses, right? I get yeah. C's, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm better, but that doesn't mean I'm killing it. I'm not right. killing it. I'm just right. doing better than not getting into Harvard. Yeah, what's the old what's the saying? Like if 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 me and you are getting chased by a bear, I don't have to run faster than the bear. I just have to run faster <laughs> than you. That's the same thing as far as being inept. I I don't have to be That's really right. good at it. I just have to be better at it than you. You know what I'm saying? So That's right. So I mean, <laughs> you're the low hanging fruit. You know, don't make yourself the low hanging fruit. Um. So yeah, I, I, he should be gone. But this seems like something that they would do. Um. It'd be better. I know people have mentioned this. Um perhaps bumping him up um, and bringing in someone else to perhaps be the GM. I, yeah, I'm with you because to me, and I, I when, when I forgot who, I think Sean Sierra said that and I said to Sean, I said, so who's going to be his Rick Hahn then? Because he was like, he could be Kenny Williams. I was like, who's going to be Rick? Like, you got to show me who Rick Hahn is before I'm okay with it because you could bump some guys up. That doesn't mean you're going to end up with Rick Hahn running the show. Correct beneath. me if I'm wrong, but part of the reason bumping up Kenny Williams was to keep Rick Hahn because he's one of the hottest GM candidates in definitely all of baseball. Part. Yes, yes, definitely. Definitely. I, was part I don't I don't hear the Bears having one of the highest Boy, GM it's a lot of people coming from. Yeah, I haven't heard any assistant GMs on here where it's like people are like, man, we got to. Hey, you know what they're doing in Chicago? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'd be talking to one of those assistants out there. All right. All right. Good one, Ryan. We always appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back probably this Tuesday 
We'll be back. Um, we'll see if we go live or not to give you our Bears recap. But we are going to try to give you a live show a week as we start to just come in hard-hitting with the audience and also bring you a little bit of levity with some of these tragic sports situations while our teams are doing as well as the Bulls are, though. When we're talking about the Bears are doing as well as what we suspect. Also, one thing we didn't talk about to let you know how unimportant it is and how they're irrelevant is Jerry Cullerton was like released by the, the Chicago oh, Blackhawks yes, yes. yesterday. Uh, let you just yeah. know how far on the back burner that situation is. So I guess I have to mention that before we get out of here. But Ryan, as always, man, great show. Um, I will talk to you in a couple of days. Uh, everybody out there, don't do anything stupid before you hear from us again. And I would probably say just don't do anything stupid or real stupid in general. <laughs>